0: There we go. Um, is uh, So what is it he's really asking us to do? I mean, well, let's just go take a quick look here. and uh, Because sometimes if you listen to a lot of people, uh, they're confused when they don't go to the Scriptures. It's like, well, we need to make sure we do this to make sure we go to heaven. We do this so we can go to heaven. Uh, let me tell you, you can't save yourself. No matter what you do, you can't save yourself. Now watch this. John chapter 3, uh, one night a Jewish religious leader, this is Nicodemus, and he was a Pharisee, and he ought to know. But now watch what Jesus tells him. Now all I'm going to show you is that Jesus said John three sixteen to him. God loved the world, gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him, that's what matters. But anyway, so let's see what he says. Let's come down here to verse 16. Whoops, I passed it, didn't I? John 3 and verse 16, look what he says. Oh notice this interesting. Jesus believed all that stuff about Moses. All the old t- that's the reason our Bible is the Bible because what they put it together. You know the, uh, everybody knew that. Oh, that's the scripture. That's the scripture. Well, one of the reasons they said it was a scripture was because the book that was written by John about Jesus, he made reference to Moses. A story uh, as Moses in the wilderness lifted up a bronze image of a serpent on a pole. So it must be, no, it says, so I must be lifted up on a pole. Now, what was interesting here was people were dying. This is in the book of Numbers. They were getting bit by snakes and they were dying, you know. Now, they were also saying, we don't want to go back to Egypt. We're just tired of this. We're not, God don't love us. Ah. Oh, then terrible things started breaking out. The Lord told Moses, take a bronze serpent. and He just cut one out real quick, stuck it up on a pole. And everybody that looked at that pole was healed after they got bit. Man, what a story. That story has to be true. I mean, we know that, but I'm just saying, look at that. Jesus pulled that story back and said, I'm going to be lifted on a pole so that anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Look at, look at 18. There is no, well, look at, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Wow. See, we deserve to be condemned. Look at this. There's no eternal doom waiting for those who trust him to save them. Wow. But those who don't trust him, they've already been tried and condemned. So there's something about just believing in Jesus. It's not a bunch of hoops we jump through. Let me go back to, let me go to the fifth chapter just a moment. Let me look at something uh, real quick here. Oh uh let's see. Uh let's see. Let me see if it's sixth chapter just a second. Give me one second here. Uh All right, the sixth chapter. Well, that was that. All right, I'll go back to something else. But anyway, let me see if I can find that real quick. Just one second. <clears throat> Won't take me about a second. John's Gospel, and uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh Well, is the eighth chapter? Hold on a second. Oh, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. Well, I'm just going to mention it, but it's, 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 uh, I just wanted to show that to you. Uh, oh, oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, here it is. It's 824. There you go. Same time I said, that's right. Look at this right here. So, uh, don't we have to jump through these hoops and don't we have to do these things and that thing to make sure, no, look what he says. You're from below. This is John 8 uh, verse 24. I'm from above. You're of this world. I am not. We needed some help and we were in trouble. That's why I said, you will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am the Messiah, the son of God, you will die in your sins. Well, no, he means if you quit doing this and quit doing that. No, we couldn't clean up ourselves fast enough. We couldn't. Now, let's go watch Jesus in action here. In uh, the in, in Luke's gospel, Luke gave a full story of the account of Jesus, and I want us to go to uh, chapter 6 first, and uh, right after these disciples, he called these guys, Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew. This is uh, Luke chapter 6, and I want you to see what they did. Verse 17, oh, okay, uh, yeah, look at this. When they came down the slopes of the mountain, they stood with Jesus on a large level area area, surrounded by many of his followers, who in turn were surrounded by the crowds. There was a lot of people. I mean, this was huge. For people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. okay, or you could say New York City and way up to New England, whatever. They came, look at this, they came to hear him or to be healed. There's nothing wrong with that. The Lord was helping these people, you know. It's not like, well, you know, you just own your own. You just need to believe in Jesus and not much you can do the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, there is too. Let's go to the 10th chapter here just a moment. And uh, notice this, what he told, uh, he was telling his disciples, two rules. Watch this. Now, I'm like, Lord, I like that rule number two. (laughs) Look at this. Follow these two rules. Eat whatever's set before you, and then heal the sick. Ah, but see, I did not grow up. Well, actually, I sort of did, but but uh, my earlier younger years, I didn't hear nothing about it. Thank God my grandmother told me, and then I started reading my Bible, and then my eyes were wide open like uh, Naaman, who was a leper, and he found out from his little servant girl. He actually found out from his wife. His wife said, my servant girl says, if you just go back to Jerusalem, Somebody over there, a prophet, would heal you. Boy, and he did. He jumped in the Jordan River seven times and he came back. But notice this. As you heal them, say the kingdom of God is very near to you. Wow. Okay. Oh, uh, let me skip down here just a little piece. Oh. Uh, notice this. Uh, all of a sudden, one day, an expert on Moses' law. I mean, he was just sharp. You know, he's trying to, they're trying to trick Jesus. Teacher, what does a man need to do to live forever? (laughs) I'll get you on this one. Well, look what the Lord says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You know, that's not impossible. That's like, okay, he didn't say, you got to jump through this hoop, jump through that one, quit doing this. Because we're always going to have trouble trying to quit doing certain things. I mean, you, you, you just think you're, you've learned how to do it. And it's going to take the Lord to get you over any problems that you may have. But now notice this. And you must love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Now, this is what that guy said. Do this and you'll live. Then this guy wanted to justify, to you, well, who's my neighbor? Like we say today, racist, you know, lack of love for some kinds of people. So he asked, which neighbors? And here's that story. This is what the Lord, talk about, he wants to bless you tremendously and he will. And what is it that he's required of me? This is it. And you know the story well. A Jew was going on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, Gunnersville to Decatur. Okay, great. And anyway, he was attacked by bandits when he come across Lacey Springs. <laughs> oh no. They stripped him of his clothes and money and beat him and left him lying half dead. Now, what's interesting here, suppose that was you. You know the story. Somebody came along, put band aids on you. Somebody paid your bills. You woke up going, I'm just now coming to where am I? And the, and the, Innkeeper says, I don't know who it was, but somebody paid your money, paid all this, and they bandaged you. I'll tell you who he is when we see him again, but I mean, praise the Lord. So there's two sides to this story. Well, you know what happened. This guy's beat up, okay? Now, remember, Jesus tells this story for reasons because this is what he wants all of us to do today. That's all he's asking. By chance, a Jewish priest, boy, somebody who goes to church like us, when he saw the man lying there, I didn't see him. I didn't. <laughs> so I gotta make sure I don't want to act like that. But he crossed on the other side of the road. Well, here comes another churchgoer, Jewish temple assistant, really a Levite. He walked over and looked. I don't have time for this. So what's Jesus wanting us to do? Look at this. A despised Samaritan. He came along. When he saw him, he felt deep. Pity, so. That's what the Lord's asking us to do. Take care of everybody around us. We see today. Look at that. Kneeling down to, the, to the, the Samaritan. Soothed his wounds and with medicine, bandaged him. He took the man on his donkey, walked him beside him till they came to an inn. He nursed him through the night. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two $20 bills. Told him to take care of him. Let's see. If his bill runs higher than that, he said, I'll pay the difference. This is getting bad. Well, don't forget the Lord take care of you. The Bible says he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. The Lord will repay him. Uh, Solomon said that in the book of Proverbs. Now, which of these three would you say was neighbor? Wow. Remember, the Lord said to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, The guy said, well, the one who showed some pity. Jesus said, now you go and do the same. Wow. Okay. Now, here's a slice. Out of the life of Jesus, watch this closely. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands upon thousands were milling and crushing each other. He turned now to his disciples and warned them, more than anything, beware of the Pharisees. (laughs) Basically, beware of the churchgoers. Sometimes they build up their own rules. He says, they pretend to be good when they aren't. Such hypocrisy can't be hidden forever. It'll become evident as yeast and dough. Whatever they say... Uh, whatever they have said in the dark shall be heard uh, in the light. And what you have whispered in the inner room shall be broadcast on the housetops to hear. Friends, don't be afraid of those who want to murder you. They can only kill the body. They have no power over your souls. But I tell you whom to fear, fear God, who has the power to kill and to cast into hell. Now watch, here we go. He's still talking. What's the price of five sparrows? I mean, there's dead birds. If you walk from here down to the highway down there, I bet you there's a dead bird between here. <laughs> a frog at least. A couple of pennies. Look at this. Not much more than that. Yet God doesn't forget a single one of them. He knows the number of hairs on your head. Never fear. You are far more valuable to Him than a whole flock of sparrows. Now, uh, some preacher this morning probably told us that God can do without you. We hear that so much. That's not what this says. He says, I assure you. That I, the Messiah, will publicly honor you in the presence of God's angels if you publicly acknowledge me on earth as your friend. But if you deny me before the angels who, excuse me, but I'll deny you before the angels uh, uh, who, uh, anyway, but I will deny before the angels those who deny me here among earth. Yet those who speak against me may be forgiven, while those who speak against the Holy Spirit won't be forgiven. Okay, anyway, let's keep going. When you're brought to trial before these Jewish rulers and authorities, don't be concerned about what to say in your defense. Now, what this works no matter what, everywhere. The Holy Spirit will give you the words even when you're standing there. How many times have you had to talk to somebody, and it might not even been related so much to Jesus, but all of a sudden because the blessings of the Lord are on you, it's kind of like, where did that come from? I said something, I don't even, I mean, I'm pretty smart. Where did that come from? Look at this. Someone in the crowd said, hey, Tell my brother to divide my father's estate with me. Look what the Lord says. Man, who made me a judge over you to decide such things? Beware, don't always be wishing for things you don't have, for what you don't have. For real life and real living are not related to how rich we are. And he gave an example. A rich man had a fertile farm, produced fine property, ro- pro- crops. In fact, his barns were full to overflowing. He couldn't get everything in. He thought about his problem. And finally said, I know I'll tear down all my barns. I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough. And I'll sit back and say to myself, friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Wine, women, and song for you. Okay, wow. But God said, you fool. Tonight you'll die. Then who will get it all? Yes, every man is a fool who gets rich here on earth. Notice this, but not in heaven. Turning to his disciples, he said, don't worry about whether or not you have enough food to eat or clothes to wear. Life consists far more of clothes and food. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or have barns to store away. Yet they get along all right. God feeds them. You're far more valuable. Besides, what's the use of worrying? What good does it do? It, uh, will it add one day to your life? Of course not. Wow, look at that. And if worry can't do such little things as that, what's the use about worrying about the bigger things? Look at the lilies, they don't toil and spin, yet Solomon, now this is interesting because Solomon, we have the details, boy he was really decked out. In all his glory was not robed as well as they are. And if God provides clothing for the flowers that are here today, look how temporary, that flower looked good three days ago, now it's gone, look at that. Gone to Mark. Don't you suppose he'll provide clothing for you? And he's not calling, you know, just hand-me-downs. Oh, my goodness. A flower doesn't have a hand-me-down. It's great. Notice notice what he says. He'll provide clothing for you, you doubters. (laughs) He meant that nicely, okay? Don't worry about food or what to eat or drink. Don't worry at all. God will provide for you. All mankind scratches for its daily bread. But your heavenly Father, uh, he says he knows your needs. He'll always give you all now he will always give all. He will always give you all you need from day to day if you'll make the kingdom of God your proper. I mean your primary concern. Now I'm heading up to this last part here. Watch this. So don't be afraid, little flock. It gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Wow. Sell what you have. Give to those in need. In other words, what are we supposed to do? Help those around us. He's going to describe it here. I'll fatten your purses in heaven. Whoa. And your purses in heaven have no rips or holes in them. Your treasures there will never disappear. Now, those treasures affect you down here financially too. Watch this. Anyway, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In okay, case so the moth won't get through either. Okay. Uh, here we go. Now, be prepared, all dressed and ready for the Lord's return from the wedding feast. Then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. No, we stay ready. Now, ready doing what? He just told us, take care of the Good Samaritan, took care of the guy that was beat up. Take care, watch this. There will be great joy, look at this, awaiting for those who are waiting, ready and waiting for his return. Look at this. Get this. He, as God, himself, will seat them and put on a waiter's uniform and serve them as they sit and eat. I mean, I, I mean, I like. Trump, if he makes it wonderful, whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay, but listen to this. But it's like if you worked for Donald Trump and you were faithful and whatever, then he comes in, he's supposed to be the big boss, and he says, no, you sit down a second. And he puts on the uniform and takes care of you. Now, Jesus is far greater than that, but that's what he's saying here. Our God will put on a servant's uniform and make you sit down. And he said, no, don't you get up, and he'll serve you. Like Phil and I went to that Emmaus walk, and that's what they did. They wouldn't let us get up and get our coffee or nothing. they bring it to you. They did everything for you, you know, to let you know that this right here. And so what did he ask us to do? He said, I'll put on the waiter's uniform and serve them as they stand and eat. He may come at 9 o'clock or even at evening. Whenever he comes, there will be joy for his servants. Everyone will be ready for him if they knew the exact hour of his return, just as he would be ready if a thief were coming. So be ready for I, the Messiah, will come. He said, Lord, are you talking to us, Peter said this, or everyone? I'm talking to any faithful, sensible man who master gives him responsible of feeding other servants. If the master returns and finds he's done a good job, there will be a reward. He'll put him in charge. Look at that. Of all he owns. He just said, I give you the kingdom. That's the reason all these blessings are ours all the time. But here we go. If the man begins to think, well, my Lord won't be back for a long time. Now, here's the problem. He whips the men and women he's supposed to protect. ain't got nothing to do with the drinking parties and the drunkenness. That's just a byproduct of it. This is the problem. He's whipping the men and women. He's not treating those around him. What does Jesus really want me to do? We already know we can't save ourselves. Lord, I'm trusting you. Well, what does he really want us to do today? Boy, we got to love every Not just people here, but other folks we have around us that got needs. But this guy was—he was whipping the men and women he was supposed to protect, and, and then he would spend time at drinking parties and drunkenness. Well, his master will return without notice and remove him from his position of trust and assign him a place of the unfaithful. He'll be severely, un, severely punished, though he, his duties. Uh, for though he knew his duties, he refused to do them. But anyone who is not aware of his doing wrong will be punished lightly. Much is required for those whom much is given. Well, I guess a lot's been given to us. Anyway, he goes on and says, "I've come." Uh, to bring fire on the earth and oh that my task were completed. There's terrible baptism ahead of me and how I'm pent up until it's come. He was talking about I'm fixing to go to the cross. Do you think I came to give peace on the earth? No, rather strife division. From now on families will be split apart. And the reason is is because somebody's trusting, not trusting the Lord. Anyway, he goes on and he he wraps it all up here by saying, you know, that... oh. Uh, uh, You know, you you can see the signs of the times, the winds blowing, all this kind of stuff. But the Lord, I mean, it's just, it's just evident. He's going to flat take care of you. Now, oh, real quickly. And I'll stop right here. Why in the world is this even here? Okay. Fourth chapter and verse 10. Right out of the blue. Wow. Actually starts in verse nine here. Uh, no, this guy was the son of this guy. This guy was the son of this guy. Look what this guy did, Jabez, more distinguished than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because she had a hard time at birth. Okay, he was the one. Now, why can't we be the one? Well, you are if you do it. All he did was pray to the God of Israel. He said, oh, that you would wonderfully bless me and help me in my work. Please be with me in all the day. Keep me from all he- evil and disaster. And God granted his request. Man, if we know we got that, praise the Lord then My only response is yeah, I am gonna help those people around me that I see. Well, I'm not gonna worry I, I've gotta act like that good Samaritan. That's what he's asking us to do. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that praise God, if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Sickness is not a problem with you, and praise the Lord. The problem's with us. We we have trouble thinking you're good enough to help us, but you will, praise the Lord. Finance is the same way. Lord, you're big enough to help us, and we trust you to get the money to us if we're needing something. And if it's something else, no matter how big, small, whatever it is, you'll fix that for us, Lord. That's just the way you are. You take care of everything for us. And that doesn't leave anything left for us to go out and do the things that you've showed us to do and tell others how great you've been to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.